higher up the, the food chain you are in sport, the harder it is to trust anyone to love you unconditionally. And therefore, the harder it is if you're the one representing Christ with his word in your hand, if they can't trust you for unconditional support, then they're going, there's a real good chance they might doubt that Christ offers unconditional support. Great. Uh, welcome back to the Christian Sport Podcast. It's great to have you with us. I've got Dan O'Graham down here with me, and we're going to look at some of, well, one of the questions which you've sent in to us. We've been asking you to send in your questions, hashtag AskCIS, and we're going to deal with some of them. We, we want to answer the questions which you've got about sport and faith. And so this question's come in. It's coming from a couple of you. And the question is, why don't we put famous sports people in the public eye? Why don't Christians in sports um, use the, the images or faces or stories of current famous sports people to promote the work? Um, it's often a question I, I sense coming from a real heart of, we want more people to find out about Christians in sport. We want more people to find out about Christ, about the gospel. And so why don't we get them to tell their stories? We work with over 500 currently athletes, um, but you're not going to find them in front of our magazine. You're not going to find them in our podcast. Um, we'll sometimes have interviews with formerly athletes, former top level, but not current ones. Why uh, is a good question. And, and what about those organizations we do see? There's many organizations. You may follow them on social media. You may know of them who do do that. Um, who you would see a, a famous athlete maybe uh, promoting their work, trying to increase their reach. Um, and the question could come, well, isn't the gospel getting out more important than anything else? So if, if a famous name, a famous person can help millions more people hear about Jesus, is that not more important than anything else? So uh, the main question, why don't we put famous sports people in the public eye? But that's sort of the context around it of you don't currently see it from Christians in sports. Um, but we do see some organizations which do. So... Dano, you've been, you've been around the block a bit. You've been with Christian Sport for a while. Um, help us understand the context to how we've got to the position we've got today. Well, really, it's with fear and trembling, really, that one has to take responsibility, or ultimate responsibility, for the conversation we're in now. Mm. Um, because I'm acutely aware that in the very early days of Christians in Sport, we probably had a wider reach in some ways, Certainly, if there had been social media in those days, and we had mm -hmm. done what we did then, which was to have anyone who was converted to Christ, who was a well-known athlete, on our media, we'd probably have a reach of millions and millions and millions now. Mm. So I want the gospel to get out <laughs> as well. So behind the question that we've been asked is a pretty important principle. So with fear and trembling, really, one takes responsibility for it. My, my starting point would be um, being a young convert to Christ myself in the early 80s, I was around when a number of pretty famous people in the sports culture mm. made a public profession of faith in Christ. And none of whom, at the, by the end of their career, was still professing Christ. Mm. Um, on reflection, I mean, none of us, all of us were involved in Christians in sport in those days. None of us knew any better than to think, well, someone's come to Christ, let's get the message out because people will hear Christ through this person. Mm. I think what experience taught us was that to look back and say, well, hang on, these are people in their 20s, on average in their 20s, very famous, known by everybody, most of us as Christians, all of us as Christians, when we come to Christ, we have to work out 
all kinds of things that are changing in our lives. And we get to do it quietly, privately, mm. in a small church family, in a small group, in our workplace, where we learn to witness about our relationship with Christ by words and deeds. Mm. These people weren't getting that chance to have natural growth from new birth. They were thrown out there to millions of people. Mm. And the dis part of the decision is we're not actually helping them grow in Christ mm. as much as they help we're helping grow evangelism. And that's just not the right balancing act, which is why we pull back from doing it. So maybe just let's unpack some of the, the mm. principles behind our position then. Mm. Of You've talked about the, the issue of potentially being inexperienced, both in their faith, maybe also in how they handle the media, how they communicate. Mm. Let's not be used to that. And then, um, in some ways, maybe some of the, the dangers of just being famous, uh, which would come into play. What are some of the principles behind our position? There are at least two, and you may think of, of another as I outline them, but the first would be, I just touched on it there, new birth, the Bible is clear that you have to be born again. Mm. It, it, that's the metaphor, it's a brand new start. Mm. It's the presence of Christ's spirit in your life. And the metaphor works because there's natural growth that occurs as Christ begins to change you as a new being mm. in him. That growth encapsulates growing in grace, understanding that this is free, that you can't earn the love of Christ, mm. that you can't lose the love of Christ, mm. that there's an assurance that he doesn't go anywhere. Establishing that when your whole world as an elite athlete seems to rise or fall by whether you play well, win. If you play bad slash lose, mm your identity and your self-confidence is eroded in an instant because millions of people watch you. We want young followers of Jesus constantly to be unravelling that Christ loves them whether they win or lose, are successful or not. Whatever the world thinks of them or not, Jesus doesn't change. So we want to protect them from having to win games or win the cup or win the league in order to be a better witness for Jesus, mm. because then it gets all tied up yeah. with, if I play well or win the gold, I can tell more people about Jesus, but if I fail, perhaps I've let Jesus down and it can all get mangled. Mm. So there's something about constantly, constantly exposing that grace is free mm. and modeling that to them and not asking them to do anything for Jesus. Mm. Secondly, you do want a, a follower of Jesus to learn that there are things that as a result of new life in Christ that he does enable us to do. Mm. But there are, there are things that don't earn anything from him to make him love us more. Mm. And these things tend to be the way that we have love and patience and kindness, for example, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, mm. in our family life, mm. in our day-to-day work interactions. Now, for most of us, that's private. For the very famous person, if they only have to work out living with Christ in them at home and amongst their teammates, track mates, mm. that's natural. Because what, what we're not saying here is probably important, isn't it? We're not saying if you're an elite athlete and you're a Christian, 
if you're an elite athlete now and you become a Christian, mm. we're not saying hide your faith, are we? No, we're not. No, we're not. We're, we're saying, well, we'll we, we come back perhaps to a second part of that. What, what we are saying is when Christ comes to live in somebody, he begins to change a person. That change is entirely contingent on how God works with a certain person at a certain place and time. Mm. But we do know that you bear fruit, says the New Testament. And the fruit <clears throat> the New Testament described is partly captured by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control mm. in Galatians 5 and 22. Those are wonderful qualities of Christ in us. Those things are best exposed mm. under life pressures. Mm. And every human being, as a rule, has life pressures in their home lives and in their work lives. Mm. No, no. We want the young Christian athlete to bear fruit for Christ with their family and their workplace. Mm. But what we don't want to do is to confuse that with an obligation to tell millions of people in the public arena about Jesus because they very quickly start confusing mm. that with keeping Jesus happy mm. and then it becomes a bit of a mess and I presume that's where as in the question here we had sent in was why don't we Christians in sports in some ways as well so there's a nuance there of we want to make sure in our relationships with these 500 500 more athletes who we, we meet regularly make sure there's no question of of us not treating them with utter grace and just treating them as, as God would treat them, as opposed to, we, if, if you do this for us, then we'll do this for you. Yes. We don't want any single hint from the person who's a specialist in understanding elite sport mm. and bringing Bible teaching to that elite sports world. Mm. We can't just speak about the grace of God is free and can't be earned. Mm. And then one of the earliest influences in their lives mm who's there in the name of Jesus with the Bible in their hand, is saying, could you speak at this event mm. for us? Mm. There's nothing wrong with speaking about Christ, mm. but it easily tangles their brain up mm. about, is Jesus free or do I have to pay him back? Are you speaking from experience there, from when you were back in the 80s? Mm. Obviously, as you said, our policy has shifted, it's changed. How yeah. was it for you when you became a Christian? Was it, did you feel that pressure yourself? Uh, well, really, I wasn't expecting that question, and that's a, that's a good question, I think, on a couple of levels. Number one, I wasn't a famous player. I yeah. was a very journeyman, young professional footballer. So, really, uh, I do well <laughs> to get my local paper, let alone uh, international media. Yeah. So, there wasn't that pressure on me, no. but, but having come to know Christ... I, I knew some of the big wigs mm. in sport because of Christians in sport. Mm. Um, and they were the ones who were giving their story in the public media and on the back page of the papers and so on. Mm. Uh, I think to balance that out, and since you ask a personal question, my church, I started going to church in Cambridge. Mm. One of the leaders of the church used to meet with me on my day off for lunch and took me through reading the Bible and learning how to read the Bible for myself and understand how it fitted mm. together. So I had great investment in that. And it just seemed to be so that I did have something of an ability, a small ability to communicate. I, mm. I suppose I was a natural talker being a Welshman. <laughs> and actually my church suggested I give my testimony to the youth group. 
And as a result of that, I was asked to speak at perhaps some other youth groups in the city. Mm. And I actually did end up doing public speaking within a couple of years mm. of coming to Christ. But this is the crucial thing for Christians in sport. Mm. My church nurtured me and my church thought it was fine for me to go and speak mm. about Christ to people as a low-level professional player. Mm. So the principle for Christians in sport is that we want the local church to be the place which makes these decisions mm. because they know the pastoral needs and the skill set mm. of Christian athletes who we pass on to them. Have you seen that? So, so now bring it up to your work now, the athletes, have you seen that done well? Uh, yes, I have many times. And the slight irony of this, of course, you can't mention the names, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, which would break the whole thing that we're trying to do with the podcast. But yes, I, and I can give you an example of, of a of a world class performer mm. uh, who ha, had come to faith uh, in the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, I, I met the person, uh, read the Bible with them helped them think through some of the issues of being an athlete at the highest level mm. and knowing the grace of God, but serving your colleagues and opponents and so on. Mm. But the typical thing we would do is always when we come across somebody like this, we find out, do they go to church anywhere? Do they know mm. any churches? Mm. If they don't go to church, we know enough people in churches in our country and in some parts of the world where we we're always a step away mm. from somebody we trust mm. to look after them treat them the same as everybody else in some ways mm. but as different in others because of their fame in this situation it was somebody who lived overseas from britain i was able to get their pastor's name they were not long out of a youth group phone the pastor he and I have engaged in substantial conversation along the very lines we're discussing yeah, here, correct. along these very lines, because he had no experience of it. Yeah, okay. Now, that would be normative for us as Christians in sport to be in that conversation. But they're the things that no one ever sees because <laughs> they're under the waterline. And so let's play that out. If the church says, great, we can, a bit like they did with you, we can see some gifting here. Mm. <laughs> We believe as Christians, we, we, we do get, we get given gifts. We have gifts, natural tendencies or abilities or the ability to communicate the gospel clearly. Um, so maybe the pastor goes, yeah, great. This late 20s Premier League footballer mm. can, can can proclaim the gospel clearly, faithfully. Mm. We don't think it's having a massive implication on their, um, their understanding of grace. Mm. Um, we're saying that's fine. We're saying that's good. Crack on. I think I'm saying to them, now, this is where the fear and trembling comes in again, yeah. really, really, because uh, Christians in sport want to honour God. Mm. We don't want people to be ashamed of the gospel. We know that when that hypothetical person you mentioned, but it's a very real situation, when they speak of Christ, many young people will listen. Mm. So I don't want to, uh, I don't want to deny God these opportunities that he can use such an athlete mm. so, so it's a nervous conversation yeah. but I, I still as a matter of conscience i would then say to the pastor obviously the more famous the person the more significant the pressure mm. so i'll say two things one you're his pastor or her pastor you're accountable to god for looking after the church under your care as an under shepherd as the new testament might call it mm. you must make those decisions I would say, look, let me give you a plus and a minus. 
The plus is if you think they've got a speaking ability and you think they're emotionally and spiritually together enough to be able to give a testimony mm. on your call. Negative, they will get a lot more attention in doing that, obviously, than a regular member of your congregation. And they may be exposed mm. on two fronts. Difficult questions coming at them from all sorts of media, mm. social media and formal media. And number two, digging into their private lives and finding things out about them and which for most of us in the process of being changed by jesus over years and years mm. no one's going to dig into things that we've done wrong mm. they could find themselves humiliated because it's in the interest of sometimes in the media to dig out mm. the skeletons in the cupboard mm. so you need to be really aware of that for the risks for this person if you expose them too abruptly mm. and then one feels one's done one's job yeah in giving somebody the right frame of reference for the decision making and so for for christians in sport it's not i sit with my my hat on helping for some of our marketing our our comms mm. um what we are saying and we're, we're saying we would still even if the past has gone yet yeah, great we're happy we're willing for them to speak we're still going well that, that's great praise the lord in some senses yeah. and, and in, not on your head be it but yeah. we trust you to make that decision yeah uh, and then we're going great, but we're still not going to then suddenly go well because you've been through a certain process. We'll now have you as I can remember example even now if we had a, a rugby player uh, maybe late twenties who was doing this, um, willing to speak, able to speak, um, and a lot of us went well we we know this guy really well, he could do it, and yet the call came from you guys, the elite team, quite wisely, and went well when he's retired, yeah, then we'll have a conversation about using it, which obviously from a marketing point of view I go is. It's not stupid because I believe the interest of the athlete is more important than our name. Mm. But I do know as well, if I could use mm. current athletes, then mm. the, the, the name of Christian is sport, but also then just the gospel yes. could get out to more. So it doesn't change, does it, no. for our, our end? It, it is once a, a position of maturity, uh, maybe retired, yes. comes into play. Uh, and, and there's one perspective perhaps, which which I haven't articulated in the interview with you, which is, when, in the scenario you've just outlined, if you like, all, all everything's lined up. Mm. The, the local church thinks this guy or girl is, is growing nicely. They're well established. They're, they're relatively secure. They're quite a mature person that ease with their own skin. And they think it'll be good to let them speak and, it, and it'll help them. All that lines up. And then they say, can we put it on the Christians in Sport mm. site? Will you tweet about it? And we say, <laughs> no. And they think, why? Mm. You just said that there's a yeah. process here. Uh, this is why, Johnny, uh, and this is embedded in experience. I know that the next time you show up to that rugby club yeah. or that international event, there's a really high chance that there'll be people who have seen that, who are inside the club, for example, who'll think that if they talk to the Christians in sport worker, mm. that will imply that they need to be on film quite soon talking about Christ. Mm. So for somebody who's not yet following Jesus, that can be a real off-putter. Mm. Now, they'd be wrong, of course, but they have no idea about that. Mm. So now we go full circle. When anyone from Christians in sport shows up somewhere, 
they are so far under the radar. Anyone who's working with any, anyone, anyone who meets a Christians in sport worker in the elite sport world will never, ever, as long as we control this, think, if I talk to this woman, mm. I'll somehow have to be on social media or on the mainstream media, as it were, saying I've come to faith. Mm. Because that is wrong and it can close the door to good opportunities for personal relationships where Christ and sport is integrated, learned and integrated. So we want to keep our brand name miles away mm. uh, from that. But we don't mind at all if people act very responsibility, responsibly for the care of a young believing person and decide that it's good for them to be sharing their story we're very content that we've we've given that away to the right people mm. and we rejoice that the news about Jesus goes out but we can carry on very quietly without much noise doing our job with 500 people uh, for the cause of Christ in sport because mm. in the end and this might seem a bit harsh but in the end we exist to reach the world of sport for Christ mm. and we're going after the world of sport yeah it's helpful not just as many people as possible. That's where our line is, and we need to be specialists in that. Yeah, we've not, as in obviously, we're, we're, we're great commissioned people in some sense. We want to reach all nations of the gospel, but we're going here at Christians in Sport. Are, are the specific nation we feel the Lord has called us to go after is that world of competitive and elite sports. Yes, that's right. And so to do that best, we're going to put certain things in place, which may, from the outside looking in, seem stupid. Um, and from a pure sort of volume point of view you could argue are but we're really trying to look after those athletes we want we want people who don't yet know christ as well to look at us and go right then it's it's about grace it's not about work it's about grace i don't have to do anything to have this relationship with this person there's no give and take here we don't take any tickets we don't take any stash or anything for anyone it's just hey we're just going to treat you as somebody who needs jesus exactly wants to hear it and we want you to hear about the greatest news in the world so well actually you know it, it would look quite harsh if you came into the uh um job preparation for a new person working with elite athletes for us because they'll be told pretty clearly just so there are no surprises for you mm. if we ever hear that you asked for anything kit autograph ticket mm. anything that is automatic dismissal <laughs> because you cannot model that they have a duty in any way to reciprocate your support of them as elite athletes mm. because it breaks the paradigm of the very gracious act that we're teaching because the higher up the, the food chain you are in sport, the harder it is to trust anyone mm. to love you unconditionally. Mm. And therefore, the harder it is if you're the one representing Christ with his word in your hand, if they can't trust you for unconditional support, then they're going. there's a real good chance they might doubt that Christ offers unconditional support. And it's something we simply can't do. Right. Well, hopefully that was your question. We've answered it for you there. I'm, I'm sure it's raised more questions, which is fine. So please do get in touch with us. We'd love to keep these conversations going. Do get in touch with us. You can email us at podcast.christiansport.org or hashtag AskCIS. Uh, we've also we produced a short book uh, called Bible Studies for Sports People. It looks at 24 questions you might have as a Christian in the world of sport. Uh, as a loyal podcast listener, you've got to the end here. We're going to give you a discount code 
Uh, they're normally cheap. They're just £3 plus postage. But we're going to do it for £2 for you up until January 2020. Just use the code on checkout on our shop, christiansport.org.uk forward slash shop. Use the code 24QPodcast. 24, so number 24, 24QPodcast. Uh, and you can get a book there discounted down to £2. It's a third off. Decent deal. Um, and you can order some, have a look at them, go through the Bible studies, so look at some of the top questions. Um, so, Brill, grand bat deal. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you later. Goodbye.